Good morning. I tell you what, I am energized this morning. I don't know why, but I am. It's because I get to be here with you all. So um, we're going to play a game to kick this off. And so kind of keep score among yourself. But this is a finish the saying. So there's two parts to the game. First one is I'm going to start reading the first half and you finish what that saying is. The second part is you need to determine, is that biblical or is that just a saying? So is it a proverb or is it a saying? So we'll kick things off. First one, a penny saved is a penny earned. Biblical or just a world saying? It's a world saying. Second one, you guys are good, you're awake, let's go. The words of a whisperer, oops, you know, I, I believe in helping people out. That's like JD just said, bear one another's burdens. I'm going to bear that burden for you. So I will give you the answer because that's the kind of teacher I am. The words of a, of a whisper are like delicious morsels. Proverb or saying? That's a proverb. That is Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8. Another one. Let me make sure I read it correctly on the screen and don't cheat this time. Watch your pennies and your... Kurt's been talking to me lately, I guess. So watch your pennies and your dollars will take care of themselves. Talking about like watch the little things and the big things will take care of themselves. Proverb or saying? Saying, yeah, obviously, because you all know your Bible and you would know if that were in the Bible or not. All right, give me the next one. I'm going to cheat on these if I don't look. Spare the rod and that is every kid's favorite verse, I'm sure. Spare the rod, spoil the child, and I guess I gave it away. Proverb or saying? See, I'm also testing. Are you paying attention here or not? All right. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. Yes, a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverb or saying? Proverb. You guys are good. A couple more here, uh, like a lot. Um, God Helps those who, man, you guys know that one. It's got to be scriptural, right? No, it's a saying. My grandma used to always tell me that one. Grandma, can I have more? No, God helps those who help themselves. All right, next one, cleanliness. I bet I gave the answer away on that one. Oh, wow, I just skipped one. Never mind. Cleanliness is next to godliness. I don't know if that's on the screen. That one obviously is not true. Uh, it's not what you want that makes you fat. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it could be like that. This was what my grandpa always said. It's not what you want that makes you grow. And again, I just gave away the answer to that one. It is not biblical. All right. Next up, we have, help me out here. Oh, <laughs> gave you that one. All right. We'll skip that one, Dylan. Go ahead. A couple more. There you go. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Proverb or saying? That one is in. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. All right, next up. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, wealthy, and wise. Saying or proverb? Saying. Man, I'm so proud of you all. All right, next one. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Saying. Very not true. Um, the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord orders his footsteps, directs his path. There's, there's different ways that that can be finished depending on um, 
the next part, which is it a proverb or a saying? Proverbs. So depending on what translation you are reading determines the rest of that. Um, This is a new one that I encountered the other day. The heart of a mom plans her ways, but the, the baby directs her path or establishes her day. Um, Heather and I have encountered that one. She said that one the other day. It was like, well, we planned to do this, but Isaiah was not cooperating. And so I was like, you know, there's a proverb about that, kind of. Um, Obviously, that one is not scriptural. Um, Here's another one. Leave while you're still welcome instead of staying when... Oh, nobody knows that one. When they want you gone. Uh, instead of staying while they want you gone. Another way of saying that is leave while you're still wanted and they'll have you back. That is actually a saying, I'll give you the answer to that, but it's from Proverbs chapter 25, verse 17, which says, let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. So it's a saying that is taken from a proverb. Um, one that goes along with that, company are like fish after three days, They all stink. Yep. That's not a proverb. That's a saying. Um, Better to be silent. This is our last one. Better to be silent and considered a fool than to open your mouth and let them or improve it. Something along that line. That is also a saying that Abraham Lincoln said one time, but it is from a proverb, 1728. He says, even a fool keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. So better to be quiet and considered a fool than to open your mouth and prove it. So those are all little quippy little sayings that we have that kind of guide us in life. You know, sometimes it's like, what healthy decisions can I make in life? And it's like, well, eat an apple a day and it'll keep the doctor away. Eat healthy and you won't have so many doctor's visits. There's things on finances. There's things on so many other things. And they're not necessarily truths. But they're those guidelines. They're those ways for us to know how to make decisions. And they're quick, short, quippy little things so that we can remember them. So that when you are faced with decisions, you know that can come into your mind. And you can have it and be like, oh, this is the direction that I should go. This is the decision that I should make. And that's what we see whenever we read the passage of Proverbs. Whenever we open up the book of Proverbs, it's these little sayings, this list of guidelines on how we can live godly. How whenever we're faced with two decisions and it's like, I I really don't know which one I should follow, we can go to these quick little sayings and they help guide us in the decision that we can make. I read one guy, he said, what Proverbs do is they remove the gray from the decisions because they're not necessarily truth and they're not necessarily fact. It's more a guideline saying that sometimes you'll do what a proverb says and it it doesn't always work out that way, but it's talking about it is the better route to go. You can eat an apple a day. That's not even a scriptural one and it'll keep the doctor away, but sometimes you'll eat an apple a day and you'll still get sick. You can live and make this decision, but sometimes because we live in a fallen world, it doesn't work out the way that we would have expected it to. But that does not mean that we can just be like, ah, so the book of Proverbs, we don't have to listen to. Because right at the very beginning of it, Solomon says to us, 
This is what the book of Proverbs is. This is what it's about, and this is the benefit that it will have if you listen to it. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, so that you may know wisdom and instruction. Understand words of insight. Receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. Give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we're going to look at what the, the overall arching message of Proverbs is, but then we're also, as we've been doing through all these Old Testament passages, seeing where Jesus fits into the narrative of Proverbs. So if you'll join me, we'll go ahead and open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll dive into this. So Father God, I thank you, again, just that you have preserved your word for us. And God, you have given us the answers to life, and God, you have shown us the way to live in accordance with your will. And so I pray that as we look into your word, you reveal yourself to us through it. And God, open our hearts to just respond to what you have to say, and that we see that, as Peter said, you have the words of eternal life. And God, there's nowhere else that we should go but to you. So I pray that you speak to us this morning. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray this. Amen. All right, your handout. Proverbs are statements that point, paint a small word picture of what life is like or should be like. So again, the one about words of a whisperer are like morsels. It's like you can relate to that because it paints this picture in your head of, ooh, they're yummy. And everybody knows, at least gossips know, that when somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, have you heard about Andy? And it's like, ooh, no, but tell me. I want to eat it. I want, I want a little bit more of that. People love to hear about that stuff. But what Solomon is saying is it tastes like that, but it goes all the way down and it serves no benefit to you. So there are these little statements. Again, they're not guarantees, but they're guidelines. Sometimes in there, they very much are true, like that. What good comes from gossip? Not much, if any. But there are other ones where it says you should make this decision, and some of it's financial, and so it's like, hey, if you make these financial decisions, you might think, well, it's a guarantee that if I make that financial decision, I'll become a millionaire. Not necessarily true. But what you will do is you will be wise in your dealings. They're also not commands. Because there are times where it's giving you guidance. You have the choice to follow it or not. And it's not necessarily a sin if you don't do it. For example, in, Saul, in Proverbs chapter 26, it says, Answer not a fool in his folly, lest you become like him. Then the very next verse says, answer a fool according to his folly so that he may learn from it and it's like wait a minute you just said before that don't answer a fool according to his folly and now you're saying to answer a fool one of those has to be right one of those has to be wrong and it's like you need to use discernment and wisdom there is a time to answer a fool according to his folly and there is a time to not answer a fool according to his folly it is a guideline not so much a direct command in which you are sinning if you go against it. So the question really isn't, is this right or wrong? 
The question that you ask is, is this wise or not? Is this the wise decision to make? Is it the better option? Because one of the Proverbs says, do not co-sign a loan for somebody. But there are times that, especially like uh, a parent might co-sign on something. Is that unbiblical for a parent to co-sign for their child? Not necessarily. And so there are times where you can help a person out, but what it goes on to say is a borrower is slave to a lender. And so if you co-sign, you are becoming slave. And so my guidance on that would be, are you willing to totally lose everything that you're co-signing for or with? If you give that away on payment plans and they never pay you, are you prepared to just say that's done for? Well, it might not be the wisest thing, but if your heart was in the right spot, it could be a good thing to do still because you're trying to help somebody out. Anyways, the New Testament counterpart, James, is often called the Proverbs of the New Testament because it goes on these little short sayings. Same thing, Proverbs of the New Testament, the book of James. The author, you have a couple. It's predominantly written by Solomon. Like the first 22 chapters are written by Solomon. And then you have these, the sayings of the wise. We don't know who they are. They're just wise men. And then it goes into the section of, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, but they were copied by the men of King Hezekiah. And then you have this man named Agur, who really, we don't know anything about him. And then the last one, Proverbs chapter 31, are the sayings of King Lemuel. And a very popular proverb there is the, uh, oh my goodness, the woman, the precious woman. What do you call her? Proverbs, the Proverbs 31 woman. That's a good name for it. That You have those, a very popular saying from King Lemuel. Although Solomon wrote, a majority of it. He's called the wisest man during his time. Many consider him the wisest even to this day apart from Jesus. And he wrote over 3,000 Proverbs and over 1,005 songs. We talked about Song of Solomon last week, the song of all the songs. But he wrote over 3,000 Proverbs. What we have here is 800 in total, not even all of Solomon's. So he was a very wise person. The date, because a majority of them are from Solomon, they're kind of put during his reign, from that reign of about 970 to 931 BC. But then the whole book didn't really come together until King Hezekiah's time, because we have that passage that says they were put together by King Hezekiah. And again, remember, a lot of people believe that Solomon wrote Proverbs during his middle years, kind of when he's a father, when he's been a king for a while and he's developed that wisdom because right away in his reign, we see Solomon has that dream where God comes to him and says, ask for anything and I'll give it to you. And he says, I want to have discernment and wisdom to, to lead your people. And we're told that God gave it to him. So he's one of the wisest men ever. The audience is what you see is Solomon addressing this person, my son. My son, if a woman comes to entice you, do not give in to her. My son, if you heed my words and listen to my instruction, it will go well for you. He's addressing this person, his son. And Proverbs is not addressing the nation of Israel, but the individual of Israel. 
Each individual person takes this and they can see how to apply it to their life. It applies to us today. It talks about parenting. It talks about finances. It talks about choosing a spouse. It talks about uh, correcting a fool. It talks about not being a fool. There's so many topics in it that it is trying to give you wise guidance for your life. The purpose, we read it at the beginning. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 through 7, it says that if you read this, it will help you attain wisdom and discipline. It will help you understand words of insight. It will help you acquire a disciplined and prudent life. It will give prudence to the simple, and it helps you understand proverbs and parables of the wise. And again, it's just beneficial for us here today to read and know how to make life's decisions. The main people that you'll read, you have really two terms that are repeated through it, that it compares and contrasts. You have the wise person, and it uses different terms for this. You have the wise, you have the righteous, you have the prudent, you have the upright, the diligent, and the understanding. All of those are kind of the same one that says they understand God's covenant with his people, and therefore they're going to live out of that covenant. They're going to live for God in wise dealings. They're going to live and honor him. And then you have the opposite of that, in which it calls them the fool. It calls them the wicked. It calls them the simple, the lazy, those who lack sense. That those are all kind of similar terms in different ways that they handle things. But it's both talking about those who are living in God's will and those who are stepping outside of God's will. And the thing is, is that it also leads us to believe that even inside God's people, you can have fools. Because I don't know about you, but a common proverb is, as a dog returns to his vomit, so one fool returns to his folly. And it's that thing where you're like, I can't believe I, I went back there again. I thought I would never do it. And what Solomon is saying is, that's pretty foolish of you. To go back to that thing that you said never again, I'm not going to do that. I know the disaster that this brought, but yet I'm going to walk back into that. And so even though you are God's person, it does not mean you are above being the fool. And it also uses like hierarchies in there. So for example, it says that a fool is not beyond repentance and not beyond changing their way. But it says that a scoffer is worse than a fool. And then it says even that the person who is prideful in their own eyes is almost the worst of all. That they are the ones that, man, it's almost, if you have so much pride in your life, you're almost beyond hope. But it always does say that there is hope in Jesus because of that. But it's saying, man, without humbling yourself, if, if the, the counter thing to the work of the cross is pride. We're told God opposes the proud. Because the pride, the proud are going to think, you know what, I can do it on my own. I can work hard enough. I can be good enough. I, I, will, I will do enough on my own that God will automatically just let me in. I don't need some crutch like Jesus. Whereas the humble are going to be like, whoa, there is nothing good in me. The only way I can be right with God is through the work of the cross. And so it's given this hierarchy of these terms. The main contents, I mean, man, it, it covers so many of them. One way is to categorize them. 
And so you have topics like personal character. You have topics like family life, financial dealings, how to handle different life situations and speech and conflict. And so what I did is when I realized that we were gonna be able to adopt Isaiah, I was like, you know what? I wanna, I wanna leave him something. And so I kind of plagiarized the book of Proverbs. I, I did, have you heard of the message Bible? where it's like Eugene Peterson was writing it for his son. And so he took the scripture and he said, this is in my own words. So I kind of did that with Proverbs and I left it for Isaiah so that he can kind of hear it in his own words. And then what I did is I categorized because it's like, man, what do I do when I'm trying to plan for the future? And I don't know what to do. And it's like, he can turn to planning. And it says the heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. And so each proverb that talks about that, he can find it. So this is gonna be my gift to you kind of, is I can print these, I got permission. I, I actually went through the copyright and everything and we have copyright permission to print these off, but they do cost. And I think the book of Proverbs is 582. And if you would like it, you can sign up in the fellowship hall. There's only a $20 upcharge so that I can finally buy that Toyota 4Runner. But you know what, it's going to a good cause. Just kidding. No, it's $5.82. Nothing goes to me. Nothing pads anybody's pockets. It's just for the supplies. If you want that, go ahead and sign up for it there. Also, a couple weeks ago, I talked about a categorization of the Psalms so that you can be able to, man, my heart is just feeling conflict over this and I wanna pray to God, but I don't know what to say to him. And it's broke down into categories so that you can find those. I think this one's like $4.80 and the other's five. So for almost 10 bucks, 11 bucks, you can have both of those if you want. So when we get enough signed up, I'll put an order in and then we'll have you down and you can just write a check to center. Again, nothing goes to me. It's not for me. I wanted this so that I could do it. And I thought, hey, maybe the church wants it too. So that's in the information booth if you would like that. And it's broke down so that you know, hey, I'm dealing with family life. I'm trying to figure out what kind of spouse I should marry. And how do I know what to look for? And it's like, hey, a wife of noble character, who can find? She is more precious than rubies. And then it also says some stuff about living with a nagging wife. And it's better to be in a desert or on the counter of a roof or corner of a rooftop. And so it's like, don't choose those people. Scripture is trying to save you a lot of headache by saying, don't go that route. And the opposite is very true also. It's also the same for son or for men. Don't, don't marry that kind of guy. But he's talking to his sons there. Anyways, we're gonna be here till 1230, so we're gonna keep going on. Also, it talks about man's relationship to the Lord. You see the term, the fear of the Lord being mentioned 14 times throughout the book, talking about if you live according to this way, Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you live in the fear of the Lord and what Proverbs is showing us is this is how you do it. This is how you live according to God's standard. These are practical steps that you can take and glorify God and live in his will, in the fear of the Lord. Because the main theme that you see throughout the book is wisdom. These are the wisdom, the sayings of the wise. Right there at the very beginning, it's instilled in the wisdom or wise is repeated 106 times through the book. And it's not worldly wisdom, it's heavenly wisdom. It's that wisdom that is gonna guide you in the fear of the Lord. 
It's that wisdom that is going to cause you to live for the favor and approval of God, not the approval of man. It's that wisdom that the, the word wisdom is from chokmah, which is somebody who is skilled at their craft. And so it's like somebody who could build a beautiful house. They were wise in architecture and in construction. And so what Solomon is saying is the person who is wise in the fear of the Lord is the person who knows how to take what God says and apply it to their life and in the situations that they encounter. It's taking those decisions and saying, this is the God-honoring decision, so that's the one that I'm going to choose. The outline of the book, I mean, it's hard to outline it because it covers so many things, but in the first nine chapters, you get five different things. You get the value of wisdom. You get encouraged. Solomon is saying, seek it out beyond anything else. It is more precious than silver. It's more precious than fine jewels. Beyond anything, seek it out. He explains the benefit of wisdom. And then he's also encouraging, there's this section where he's saying, I looked out and I saw this man that walked along the adulterous woman's road. Next, she walked down it. Next, she encounters him and he's going into her house and he says he thinks he gets away with it, but it's going to lead to death. And so he's encouraging, live in purity, live a holy life. And then he also just gives other practical warnings there at the very beginning. And then the next 22 chapters, are the sayings of Solomon, the wise men, Agur, and Lemuel. And then the last thing that we see in the book of Proverbs, when we look for Jesus in it, is we see he personifies wisdom. What we're getting in the book of Proverbs is wisdom being portrayed for us in, in pictures and things like that. And then when you look at the life of Jesus, he displays, this is how you live wisely. Everything Jesus did was based on living in wisdom, and Jesus lived it out for us. He lived in the fear of the Lord in everything he did. He lived and sought after God. He shows us how to live a life in the fear of the Lord, which Proverbs tells us in verse 7 of chapter 1, it is the beginning of knowledge. Fools will despise wisdom and instruction. And then he says in Proverbs 2, 5, you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find knowledge of God. That if you want to know more about God, you live in the fear of the Lord. You live for his glory. You say there is God honoring way and there is people honoring way. And there's this conflict that we have. And what I'm going to choose is I'm going to live to honor God. I'm going to make decisions that glorify him. And that is what it means to live in the fear of the Lord. To live in a way that is glorifying to him, not to man. That I don't care what people say. I'm choosing to live for God. Told you I've been reading a book on all this stuff, The Awe of God by John Bevere, and he made this comment. He said, you're going to serve whom you fear. If you fear God, you will obey God. If you fear man, you'll ultimately obey man's desires. When I read that, it struck a chord with me because that was me. It was like, man, I, I want to do this, but the perception that people might have of me might change. And so I'm not going to do that. And I was allowing the opinions of man to sway me and shift me to changing the way I live. And what God is telling us is don't do it for the approval of man. Do it for the glory of God. 
Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 tells us that. That am I now trying to seek the approval of man and not of God? If I were trying to seek the approval of man, I would not be a servant of God. And so he's saying there's this conflict and this, this struggle. And what Proverbs is doing us is doing for us is showing us how to live for God. Because if you're swayed by human thinking, when somebody comes up and say you have the funds and they're like, hey, can I have $500? Can you, can you loan me $500? Can you co-sign on this for me? There's been times, honestly, where I'm like, that doesn't seem wise, but they might not like me if I don't do that. And so it's like, well, I'm allowing their thoughts of me to shift how I behave, where God's word says it's not wise that you should not co-sign for somebody, that the wiser thing to do is to avoid it because the borrower is slave to the lender. And so what we do is we live for the fear of God because Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 tells us even that if you're gonna live in the fear of man, always trying to seek their approval, it says the fear of man lays a snare. But if you trust in the Lord, you are safe. If you live for his glory, if you seek him out, it will go well for you. And so what Solomon is telling us is that wisdom is found in the fear of the Lord, in following him, obeying him, and serving him. And we see Jesus display that. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus is encountering some of the religious elites again. And they say this thing that I, I just recently read and it jumped out at me it said the pharisees went and they plotted how to entangle jesus in his words and so they sent their disciples to him along with the herodians and they said teacher we know that you are true and teach the way of god truthfully look at what they say about him and that you don't care about people's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances why did he not care about what they thought about him because he was living in the fear of the Lord. He was seeking after God. He knew my purpose here is not to make friends, even though he did that. It was to honor and serve God and to point out for us how to live and glorify God. That when you want to know how to live wisely, it's found in Proverbs, but it's displayed in the life of Jesus. So much so that Colossians chapter 2, verse 3 tells us, in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You want to know how to be wise? Look to Jesus. That in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debtor of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But those, to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus is the wisdom of God displayed for us. He lived out Proverbs of how to live in the fear of the Lord and not 
the fear of man. If you want to be wise, be in God's word. Grow closer to Jesus and walk in the fear of the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 8, Solomon, he's kind of been personifying wisdom as kind of this woman. And he says there's this wise woman, and so you seek after her, and she's the one that you want. And then there's the adulterous woman that is foolishness, and you don't go after her. But in it, then in chapter 8, he kind of starts hitting it a little deeper. And it's almost like he is talking about Jesus when he's talking about wisdom. So he says in Proverbs 8, starting in verse 1, Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O man, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. What we see here is that wisdom is calling out. Wisdom is not hiding so that you cannot find it. Wisdom is calling out for you to come and find her. And she's found in Jesus because in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says the very words almost, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. Wisdom and Jesus are both calling out to you to open up and find them. Verse 6 through 9, Hear, this is Proverbs For I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. What Solomon is saying is wisdom is the source of truth. And what Jesus tells us in John 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I'm where you will find truth. As the world is trying to throw all these lies to you, I'm the source of truth, which is what Proverbs, or Solomon says in Proverbs, that wisdom will lead you straight because wisdom is found in Jesus. Going on, verse 10, take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Jesus echoed this in Matthew 16, where he said, if anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and all its riches, but you lose your soul? And so what Solomon is saying is that wisdom is much better than the whole world, and Jesus is like, it's found in me, that I'm the way that you will find true wisdom. Going on, 12 through 14, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I will show you the way to go. I have insight, I have strength. Isaiah says about Jesus that the Spirit is gonna descend upon him, and it says in Isaiah 11, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch from his root shall bear fruit. Talking about Jesus. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, 
the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear because he is not swayed by opinion or appearances. He is living for the fear of the Lord. Verse 15, by me kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule, and nobles all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. We've already said that Jesus stands at the door and knocks, and he says in Matthew 7, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks will be opened. Seek out wisdom in Jesus, and you will find both. Verse 18, riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. Again, as Peter said, I love the way Peter said it in John chapter 6. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Don't give me silver. Don't give me gold. I want what you have, Jesus. I want more of you. He's more precious than those things. Verse 20, it says, Wisdom walks in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. That if you get wisdom, notice it says you have an inheritance. Where God told us that he so loved the world that if you believe in him, you won't perish, but you'll inherit or receive eternal life. You will inherit eternity. Then a long section, 22 verse 31, it says the Lord possessed me at the beginning. So I'll paraphrase this. What he is saying is that at the very beginning, wisdom was there. John chapter 1 says in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then lastly, Proverbs 38, 32, we are told, look out, to watch for wisdom, to be alert and watch for her or him to be coming to us. And Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5, a parable about ten virgins. And five brought oil with them, and five did not. And when they realized that the bridegroom was coming, the five that didn't have oil, they had to go off and get it. And the bridegroom came, and the five that were prepared, because they were watching and they were waiting. As Solomon says, you need to look for wisdom and be watching. So Jesus is saying, you need to be watching and looking for my return. You need to be waiting, being aware. And the way that we do that, is according to Proverbs, living in the fear of the Lord. I've said it before and I'm gonna say it again. Every regret that I have in life, when I do an an inventory of all the decisions that I hate and I wish I could take back, not a single one of them comes from being obedient to God. Every single one of them comes when I have stepped outside of God's will. Even when I apply Proverbs to my life and it doesn't work out the way I really thought it would have, I have no regrets in that. Every regret in my life is when I live for the fear of man or the fear of this world. I have never regretted something living in the fear of God. And what Proverbs does for us is it shows us practically 
If ever, if ever you have wanted an application of, okay, so what do I do with this? Proverbs is that for you. It's giving you that this is how you live out your life. These are the decisions that you should make. It's saying practically this is how you live in the fear of the Lord. And as Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 8, wisdom is calling out to you. It wants to be found. It is yours for the taking. The question is, are you going to grasp it? And so I have a challenge for you this week as we close. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Whatever day of the month it is. So today, August 27th, I read Proverbs chapter 27. Whatever day it is, I encourage you, read that proverb. And August, you'll get through all 31. September, you're only going to get through 30. So maybe read two one day. But as you're reading through it, see the decisions. Because I did this a while ago for like three months. And it was crazy how as I'm sitting there and I'm trying to make decisions, I started being like, you know what? There's a proverb about that. You know what? I know how to handle that decision. I know how to make a God-honoring decision in that because I read about it in God's word. And it showed me. Because again, Jesus says, you want wisdom? It's yours for the taking. Seek it out. But again, ultimately, wisdom's only found in Jesus who is also there for your receiving. He says, I'm offering the free gift of salvation. In salvation, you find Jesus. You don't find eternity, you get eternity. You find Jesus, who is your eternity. And with that comes the wisdom of God, not of man. And so the, the challenge, the application this week, start reading Proverbs. On top of everything else, it takes you like literally five minutes, even if you're a slow reader. I think the longest proverb is maybe 32 verses. You can get through it and they're easy. But whatever day it is, be in that proverb and say, God, give me wisdom out of your word so that I can live for you. So Father God, that's my prayer. That as we have received your word and you have shown us wisdom and in it, God, may we just desire to read Proverbs so that we can see the benefit of wisdom and how you encourage us to seek it out. And God, that your word is truth. And so God, I just pray that we have a heart to live for you. As, as you told us in Proverbs 29, the fear of man lays a snare, but it goes well for those who trust in the Lord. And so God, I pray that you work in the hearts of your people, that we live for you, that even if we haven't been, if we realize I've been living for the approval of man, reveal to us where we are so that we can wholly live for you in the fear of the Lord. God, we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Stand with